It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti back with you guys here. Hope you guys are having a great week and hope you guys are still taking in the awesomeness of the Panthers having a new head coach in Matt Rule. And I kind of want to touch on that a little bit more. Well, not necessarily Matt Rule, but I want to talk about one of the possible candidates for his defensive coordinator position because there's been some talk now as to who some people want or you know some fans have certainly been kind of given their opinions on who they want that position to be filled by and you know naturally Wade Phillips and we touched on this yesterday Wade Phillips was certainly a guy that uh, a lot of people obviously wanted for good reason Wade Phillips one of the great defensive coordinators in this game's history uh, obviously has the the long lineage uh, his dad obviously was a great coach in his own mind but Wade, we know that that great 3-4 scheme he's always run. So it makes sense that people want him now that he's a free agent. We know he will not be back with the Rams in 2020. But they're, they're, if there's another guy to keep an, an, an eye on, you know, a guy to, whose name you need to keep in mind is Phil Snow. And I'm sure you know some people have already talked about him, but I kind of looked into him a little bit, and you know I'm I'm starting to warm to the idea of him as well because it certainly makes a lot of sense. And the reason being, Phil Snow has spent the last seven years as Matt Rule's defensive coordinator. He was there for all three years uh, that Matt Rule was in Baylor, and he was there for all four years that Matt Rule was head coach. At Temple. Also, Matt Rule was uh, mentored a bit by Phil Snow back in 2001 when uh, when Snow was a defensive coordinator and safeties coach at UCLA. So these two certainly have a lot of history together. So it would certainly make a lot of sense that uh, that Phil Snow would be brought on by Matt Rule as his defensive coordinator. And I mean, the guy has. Quite the the resume as a head coach. He's been around for about 36 years in the college game. He has about 36 years of college experience and also has uh, four years, excuse me, four years of NFL experience. He was the uh, linebackers coach, you know, spent time with the linebackers and was an assistant coach with the Detroit Lions from 2005 to 2008 uh, but a long a long list as a as a head as a uh, an assistant coach uh, as, as far as like the major coach because he's had some high school and you know s- small college in the late 70s early 80s but he got his big break as far as major college football as the defensive backs coach at Boise State in 1982. And then for four years after that, from 83 to 86, he was the defensive coordinator and the safeties coach at Boise State. Then he went on to California, defensive backs coach from 87 to 91. 92 to 94, he was the defensive backs coach at Arizona State and then spent 95 to 2000 
as their defensive coordinator. So overall, eight years with the Sun Devils. Then he went to UCLA for two years as D coordinator and safeties coach. So you could tell he really made his rounds through the Pac-12, going from Cal to Arizona State to UCLA. And then he went to Washington in 2003 and 2004. In 2003, he was the co-defensive coordinator and the cornerbacks coach. And then 2004, he was the defensive coordinator and the safeties coach. Then he... uh, then he joined as a defensive assistant in 2005 with the Detroit Lions and then spent the next three years as the linebackers coach. Then got back into the college ranks in 2010 with Eastern Michigan. Spent three years as defense coordinator and defensive backs coach. And in 2013 is when he was picked up by Matt Rule when Rule took over as head coach at Temple. Spent four years as Temple's defensive coordinator, and then, of course, was brought along by Rule when Rule went to Baylor in 2017. Uh, And certainly a lot of, uh, again, a lot of experience, a lot of success. We know Baylor had a good defense over the last couple of years. Temple had a really good defense, uh, especially in the American Athletic Conference, and was one of the top top units nationally as well. So Phil Snow has done has been right there with Matt Rule in taking you know lower tier you know major programs we'll say cuz again we we talked about how Temple and Baylor aren't necessarily known for their football but these guys have come in and really turned them into into top tier units. And so it makes all the sense in the world. So if they don't end up getting a guy like Wade Phillips and remember Matt Rule has basically full control over the coaching staff. It's what he wanted, like like we talked about yesterday. It's why he didn't end up with the Jets, because the Jets wouldn't give him control of the coaching staff. The Panthers are, and that's why he has joined up. You know, He has agreed to come to Charlotte and be the head coach of the Panthers. He will have control of the coaching staff. So it would not be surprising at all at this point if uh, if – if Phil Snow is brought in or is brought along by Matt Rule as his defensive coordinator, and we we know now that a lot of a lot of these assistant coaching positions are going to have to be filled because Ron Rivera is bringing a whole bunch of them with him to Washington. John Matsko is going, uh, Sam Mills is going, and and a couple others. So there, there's going to be a lot of. You know he's bas- he's basically already taken say about half of his original staff. You know half of the pa- the now former Panthers coaches bringing them with him to Washington as assistant coaches there. So a lot of spots that need to be filled for the Panthers. And again, Matt Rule is going to have full say on that. But uh, that that was kind of what I, what I wanted to touch on here. You know, kind of you know adding on. Adding on to the uh, you know the whole head coaching thing again now that now that things have started to uh, simmer down a little bit, um, you know he's in Charlotte now. He was meeting he's he's meeting with the players, getting to introduce himself with them. Because as it turns out, he was still in his home in Waco, Texas, and of course we saw on the Panthers' social media the call between David Tepper. And Matt Rule, basically the call that sealed the deal and officially made Matt Rule 
the head coach. But I wanted to touch on, you know, one particular assistant coaching job, the defensive coordinator spot. It's going to be interesting, too, to see what the offense is going to look like in the offensive coordinator spot, because it also looks like that's going to be another spot that's going to be open and another you know, Ron Rivera trail, as it were, because there's talk that Scott Turner is going is also going to follow Ron Rivera and become the offensive coordinator of the Redskins, which would certainly be interesting because um, you know we we got an idea what the the Panther what Scott Turner did with the Panthers, and you can kind of see what he could do with the Redskins with a guy like you know even if they still have Adrian Peterson at his age or someone like Chris Thompson at that young running back, or of course you know Darius Geis. You know, hopefully if he can stay healthy, because fortunately he hasn't had the greatest of luck so far in that aspect. So, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of positions to be filled, like I said, and it'll be you know certainly intriguing how Matt Rule goes about filling all these guys. But that was one of the, the big things I wanted to touch on, because it was something I'd seen a few people talking about. And I kind of wanted to give my two cents on that as I don't even know if I would call it a fallback option if they can't get Wade Phillips because Wade Phillips might not even be their number one. You know, Phil Snow might be because he's been Matt Rule's right hand man now for seven years. So it makes all the sense in the world for Rule to bring in a guy like Snow, who, like I said, he's had a lot of success, not just in the seven years with Matt Rule. But even before he got to Temple, you know, at Eastern Michigan, at Washington, at UCLA, he's had success at all these stops that he's been in throughout his long career. And there's, you know, there's a reason he's been in coaching for about 40 years now, or more than 40 years, I should say. I mean, really, he got his start in high school in 1976 at uh, at a high school in, in Berkeley, California. So he's been at this now. For almost 45 years, so he's pretty darn successful. So uh, if he's in, if he's the guy, uh, I think Panthers fans should be all for this hire. I think they should be excited, and I think this is going to get the ball rolling toward the Panthers. And again, we're not sitting here looking at immediate immediate results. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say the Panthers are going to be 12 and four right out of the gate in 2020. I think it's still going to take. A little bit of time. I know David Tepper's come out and, you know, he wants this this transition to be rather quick. But it's like I talked about yesterday. Seven-year contract, to me, says we're giving you all the ample time you need to make this work. And if they can make it work quickly, then great. That seven years just means you hope that they sustain that success over the course of this contract. But they're giving him the time to get this transition going, get this rebuild process in place, and get this team back into a competitive state. Like I said yesterday, it could compare, I compare it to what the 49ers did with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch when both of them received six-year contracts when they both joined the 49ers, which was uh, two years ago now giving them that time to build this team back up into a competitive state. And who knows, maybe it'll, it'll end up being like the 49ers in that it only takes a couple years. Cause look, we, we didn't expect the 49ers to be this good, this quick. I mean, I, not too many people were sitting here saying, I mean, there was people out there thinking the 49ers would make the playoffs, but I really didn't see a lot of people out here saying 
that the 49ers were going to be 13-3 and and the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. You know, a lot of people were thinking if they were going to make the playoffs, it was going to be as a wild card because the majority of predictions, of course, were that the Rams were going to win the NFC West. And if not the if not the Rams, then the Seahawks. But not a lot of people thought the 49ers would, would win it. So in that sense, it'd be nice if, you know, this turnaround ends up being as quick as as the 49ers has been so far. And then again, you just hope that they sustain that success. So I would give it within a year or two, I think for, for the Panthers, you know, and if they get to eight and eight this year, great, then obviously that's an improvement. I mean, and, and let's face it, there's really not too many other positions to go other than up after the way last season ended. I mean, we haven't talked, we obviously haven't talked about a win since week nine, you know, the, the, <laughs> It's not hard, not really that hard to improve on a season in which you had in which you ended the season on an eight game losing streak. So, uh, like I said, there's not not really too many spots to go but up. And we just hope that we can kind of at least start to see the pieces in place for that uh, for that process to or for that for that rebuild to begin. You you hope to start to see those pieces fall into place at some point in 2020, if not very early in 2020. And certainly we'll be looking forward to the week when the Panthers travel to Washington to take on the Redskins and see Ron Rivera and all those former head coaches. It's certainly going to be a bit of a spectacle, I think facing his former team. And as we touched on before 2021, is when Ron Rivera and the Redskins will be in Carolina to uh, to take on the Panthers. And a quick thought, too. I mean, this obviously is a big step for David Tepper as well, because this was his big, this was his first big, this was really his first big football move, in a sense. You know, this was the first time that he hired his own head coach, you know, he's he's hired his guy and is shelling out his money for his guy. So in a sense, David Tepper and Matt Rule are going to be joined at the hip because if Matt Rule succeeds, then David Tepper su- succeeds. If Matt Rule fails, David Tepper fails, you know, kind of obvious there. I mean, because, again, this is basically Tepper's guy. So he's going to go as Matt Rule goes. It's almost like when you have a new general manager and he picks his own quarterback or a head coach and a quarterback. It's a similar combination here. David Tepper, uh, the owner making his first, first big head coaching hire. So the more successful Matt rule is the better David Tepper looks. And then the, you know, the better chance certainly that the Panthers can sustain that success. And that to me, you know, just David Tepper in general, that to me is one of the reasons why Carolina is going to start becoming a a good potential landing spot for some of these free agents and these draft picks, not just this year, but down the line, because you're already starting to see an owner in David Tepper who's willing to shell out the big bucks to do whatever he can to get this football program or to get this franchise, I should say back on the right track, you know, between 
the the practice ball, the you know the the roof and the bubble over the practice field, to uh, you know just all the upgrades in the facilities. Uh, you're likely looking at an upgrade in in training camp because I mean let's let's face it, there's probably not much time left. You know maybe they'll be there this year, maybe they're going to move this year. You know you don't know how much longer the Panthers will have as far as uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina being their being their home for training camp. That's probably going to get upgraded at some point, whether they move to Charlotte or just find other better facilities. But at some point, I think that's going to get upgraded. And this is all about David Tepper just giving the Panthers the best that they can get so that they can be they can become a competitive franchise once again. And like I said, I think that's what's going to lure free agents and draft picks to this team because they see that in David Tepper, you know, and I, I won't go as far as say head coach because you hope Matt Rule is here a long time. But uh, this was why they were able to get a guy like Matt Rule because of the ownership in David Tepper. You know, this is why people were wary about, you know, who's going to be the head coach or really curious about who's going to be the head coach in Cleveland because you've got a mess there in the ownership. The Haslam's are kind of, you know, changing things up and there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of uh, discompo- discompopulation, things of that sort. Whereas with the Panthers, you see the path that they're going on and you see how successful Tepper wants this franchise to be, the way he has his hands all over this franchise already in the short amount of time that he's been here and, you know, doing what he can, not just in football, but obviously outside of football, namely getting a franchise in major league soccer in Charlotte and shelling out $300 million for that. He's making Charlotte a big time sports town again. And, uh, and when, and again, when it comes to the Panthers, these free agents will look and see like, Oh, this, this owner actually cares about football. And, and remember, David Tepper at one point or before he became owner of the Panthers was a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's basically come out and said that he, he wants, he wants to try to model the Panthers after the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let's be honest, that wouldn't really be a bad thing. Now, would it? I mean, Yes, they had a down season, but in the grand scheme of things, we all know that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a great franchise. I mean, they had six Super Bowls. They've had a very small number of head coaches in their time. Because remember, Chuck Knoll was there for the longest time. And then Bill Cowher had a nice long stint. And then, you know, Mike Tomlin's been there, I think, since... Uh, 2007, I believe, was his first year there. So that's usually the the model of a great franchise is when you can go this long between these head coaching searches. I mean, again, they hadn't they haven't had to look for a head coach since 2007, and then before that, you know, Bill Cowher, of course, was there for how long, and then Chuck Knoll was there for the longest time. I mean, they they've only had about what three or four head coaches, I think in their franchise history. So if David, if David Tepper can model the Carolina Panthers after the Pittsburgh Steelers, then you can start to see a lot of success with this franchise, you know, and for a franchise that's only 25 years old, they have already been pretty successful. I mean, they have 
two Super Bowl appearances. They have a uh, number of appearances in the NFC Championship game. That's not bad for for a franchise this young. I mean, compare that, you know, even like with the, the Jaguars, who of course came in at the same time. The furthest the Jaguars have ever made is the AFC Championship. They've never even played in a Super Bowl yet, whereas Carolina has now played in two of them. And of course, you still have franchises, even a longtime franchise like the Lions, who still have never made the Super Bowl. So the Panthers already have a, a framework of success to build on. And now here comes David Tepper. He's just looking to add to that base and just add more and more. And hopefully for him, that starts with Matt Rule. <laughs> All right, I think I've rambled on long enough. Like I said, this this was about coming on and talking about Phil Snow, and I uh, ended up talking a bit about David Tepper, as it were, as well. But uh, if you stuck with me, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, I think we're going to get out of here and get ready to track some more football stuff. Hopefully, of course, playoffs coming up this weekend, the divisional round, and then a lot more fun and excitement to be had. I'll be traveling to the Senior Bowl next week, uh, you know, a bit of an early flight, obviously. So, uh, so we'll see what happens with the podcast if I'm going to be able to, because obviously my uh, my schedule is going to be hectic as as far as uh, traveling. I'll be spending most of the day Wednesday of next week traveling and eventually landing in uh, New Orleans. I actually will be in Charlotte for about an hour, and then I'll be making my way into New Orleans. But um, like I said, it's, it's going to be a, a pretty busy travel week next week, but then ultimately it's going to be worth it because I'll be in Mobile, ready for the Senior Bowl, and hoping to you know get some action for you guys. And then Combine coming up, it's going to be a great offseason. So ready to travel this offseason with you guys. I hope you guys are excited. Until next time, take care, everybody. Have yourselves a good day. We will see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. I am out. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.